Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast where we talk about the Doom Patrol and we wait for it in various incarnations. We wait for it in comic form, we wait for it in television form, we wait for it in action figure form even. Mm. Yes, I'm waiting for it in Lego form, personally. Oh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, hello, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarve. You can reach us at WaitingForDoom at gmail.com or on the Waiting for Doom Facebook page. You can also check out MyGreatestAdventure80.blogspot.com done by our fellow Doom bro, Doug Zavisha. And all our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio and Podbean.com. Excellent. And yes, I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at Reading underscore Hicks. And you can also get in touch with the Sentient Show Twitter account, Wilfred at WFD Pod. Hey, Wilfred. And we are sponsored by Comicosity. Yes, Comicosity, the awesome website for all your comics news, reviews, previews, and good stuff, uh, including this week, uh, they have a preview of Mags Visagio's new comic called Sex Death Revolution, out from Black Mask Comics, uh, and it appears to be about uh, a Manhattan-based sorceress whose um, kind of cover gets blown, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a bit of an urban Ooh. fantasy thing, and um the art by Becca Farrah looks really cool. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm awesome. just looking at the preview now, and looks looks really awesome stuff. So, um, definitely check that out for more. And um, yeah, Comicosity in general for all uh, really awesome, diverse comic goodness. So yeah, sweet. Anyway, Paul, how have you been this past week and a bit? Yeah, I've been checking out some independent books. So I read uh, Exorcisters. Exorcisters. Okay. Which has uh, come out from, that would be good to know, uh, Image. <laughs> right. Exorcisters. It's an Image comic book. Um, it's uh, written by Ian Boothby, mm-hmm. who's written for The Simpsons and Mad Magazine. And it's got art by Giselle Legasse, um, who has done Archie Mitch the Ramones and Betty oh, Boop wow. and Jim and the Holograms. So it's got a real uh, Michael Allred sort of feel in the art. Um, but the story was an absolute delight. It's, um, you know, it's got a bit of uh, hell and uh, Satanism and demons <laughs> and stuff like that. But it's, um, it's think, more adventure time. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and it's just, um, you know, it it was very enjoyable and very funny. Had some really good moments and, uh, yeah, not what I expected and, um, I very much enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be on for Exorcisters from now on. Cool. Yeah, um, and apart from that, uh, Lots of things arriving for me to read, but I haven't had time for them to read. And big shout out to, um, Jake. Jacob um, from Time Tunnel Comics, listener to the show, friend of ours, mm-hmm. uh, he sent me uh, the 100-page giant swamp thing from Oh, Walmart. yeah, I saw that you posted on Twitter. Yeah, thanks. Very generous of you, Jacob. Well done. Yeah, so that was awesome. And um, he also threw in a, uh, a Walking Dead number one, which is, I think, at the 15th year anniversary, but it's um, a special cover uh, for his comic shop, which is Time, Travel, uh, Time Tunnel Comics. Nice. So, Hmm. So, uh, thanks. That was awesome. That was the best thing I've got in ages. So, thank you. What about you, Mike? Um, a little bit quiet on the comics, although I have started rereading my Elfquest comics. 
Whoa. Back in the... This was actually initiated by um, a friend of ours, Carl Smith, who... Uh, Publish, does his own self-published um, kids' books and uh, role-playing game stuff. Uh, check him out, Carl D. Smith on Twitter. He and I were chatting online one day, and he said that he never really got an elf quest. And I, I was like, oh, wow, really? Because it's one of my all-time favorite stories. Um, and so I've actually got... The, there was a reader's collection of like trade paperbacks that were released in the 90s. And I just started reading them again, and I'm on to the, the second book where... Um, their, their quest starts properly and they, they're on this journey to find other elf tribes in the, the world of two moons. And I'm, I'm really enjoying it by, by Wendy and Richard Peeney. Um, I think it started in 78. Uh, yeah, yeah, because they just had their 40th anniversary of ElfQuest um, just a couple of months ago, I think it was. So it's been really cool getting back into that. I love her artwork. It's, it's so cool. And I'm slightly annoyed that it never got... There have been kind of discussions about it getting animated several times over the years, but nothing ever eventuated at all. Oh, that, that's something I would love to see on screen. It would just look so cool if they, they kept her art style, I think. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying that. It's it's I haven't read them in probably... It's got to be at least a decade or more. So um, it's it's good to revisit uh, Cutter and the, the rest of the elves there. Oh, love it. <laughs> it's great stuff. It's... I've ne- never read it, but I know of its pedigree and uh, mm. its reputation. And uh, yeah, I mean that sort of fits in with your sort of uh, your fantasy gaming leanings as well, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I remember uh, I first discovered ElfQuest when um, the Epic imprint at Marvel were reprinting it back in the the eighties, and it it just blew my tiny young Mike mind at the time. I was like, wow, this is so cool. These are elves and they're not exactly, you know, useless or lame or, you know, they're actually getting a fight with orcs and, you know, fight humans and, oh, it was great. And then, yeah, years later, I found these these collected trades and just gobbled them all up. So there's still more of the story I have not read yet because it follows, it continues on where characters actually age and you see them as children and then they become adult elves and they go off on their own adventures um so there's still bits i'm missing and you know it's been going for 40 years so there's still a bit i'm a little bit behind on but i'm I'm loving this original uh stuff at the moment so yeah that's that's taken up a bit of my time this past week and um yeah it's been good fun excellent and they don't work for santa just to clarify this is correct. They they do not <laughs> work for Santa at all. <laughs> okay, cool. Anyway, um, shall we see if there's any uh, Doom Patrol news? Let's do, please. Well, it's a big week for the Doom Patrol because uh, this week, this very week, is the live TV debut. It's not live. It's pre-recorded. The TV (laughs) debut of the Doom Patrol in the Titans TV show. So live action. Live action. They're the words I needed. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) Got your back, bro. (laughs) Complete my sentence. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and uh, the... 
Ultimate Doom Patrol fan page, which is on Facebook, has uh, dumped a whole bunch of uh, pictures uh, mm. from this episode. And they're very interesting. They show uh, all the Doom Patrol sort of having a sort of dinner party. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this reminds me very much of uh, the Mark Wade um, Brave and the Bold issue, where the Flash family went oh, and had... Yes. Yeah, because uh, there's a meal in that and the Doom Patrol are freaking everyone out because they're so uh, strange. Mm-hmm. And we can see in this photos, um, April Balby, who plays Rita, she looks very um, like a mannequin, mm-hmm. doesn't she? And, you know, she's sort of, um, you know, dressed like a exquisite 50s woman, you know, in, in a she's, red dress she's with like part, white glove. Yeah, part starlet, part 50s housewife. Yeah. She looks gorgeous. I gotta yeah. say, she's she's like the perfect casting for Rita, I think. Yeah, and there's shots of uh, Cliff and Larry sitting at the table with her, and also Raven is there at the table, and uh, Beast Boy. Yes, is he called Beast Boy? Changeling. I hope he's uh, Beast Boy. That's the real I, name. I believe it is Beast Boy. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and also the Chief. We've got pictures of the Chief, and there's a scene where it looks like they're doing some sort of operation. But big news for this is uh, the Chief is walking. Mm. Bruno Bircher is walking in this. He is not in a wheelchair. Yes. What a shock. Yeah. I mean, perhaps this is an attempt to differentiate it from uh, the X-Men, perhaps. But, um, I mean, I, I, if he's not going to be in a wheelchair for the entire series, I don't know if that is a deal-breaker for me. It's not something that's occurred to me before. Yeah, I mean, I, I would... Uh, it sounds weird to say it, but I would prefer to see Niles in his chair. Uh, I think that then there would be opportunities for it to become an action chair, which we all oh, love, yes. you know? So... Um, I, I was a bit, I, I was a bit surprised to see um, Niall standing because I, 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 my expectation was that he would be in the chair, regardless. Mm. So, but yeah, the the pictures look great. I, I love the look of Robot Man in these shots. It's just oh, so cool. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah, and Robot Man is uh, basically Darringtoned out. So he's got like <laughs> the big uh, jacket with the shoulder pads, and he's got a, a sort of anarchist-like T-shirt or whatever it is. Says it's you know it's different in uh, the different pictures we've seen. I, I think in these new ones it says "Built in Detroit." Ah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, very uh, Morrison Doom Patrol that that version. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, Darrington really ran with that look as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, this looks great. I'm very much looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, even though we're in Australia, we're not getting the show uh, uh, here yet um, by any means. So, at this stage. Uh, but at this stage, <laughs> but we uh, we have a plan to come later in this week with a review from one of our uh, American correspondent friends. Mm-hmm friend to the show um so yeah look out for that coming this same week two apps in one week whoa, whoa. that's never happened whoa <laughs> it's too much doom is it though really i don't know Can what's ever- that ticking <laughs> that's a doom clock <laughs> hey <laughs> Okay, so as we look upon the face of the mighty doom clock we can see paul that it has been Zero weeks since we had a Doom Patrol book in our hot hands. Is this what? I know. This week sees the release of issue 12 of volume 6. Hooray! <laughs> awesome. Wow. We, we, we did it, guys. Uh, a whole yeah. year's worth of comics in about... Uh, I've lost track. I've lost track. 
It's been well, it's been well, a while. Not waiting for Doom, present with Doom. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, we will be discussing this issue very shortly in Doom Splaining, so stay tuned for that. Issue 13 is, at this stage, scheduled for... I'm not sure when. Yeah, wait, no one knows. No one knows. <laughs> I'm sure Gerard Way knows. But, or, sorry, yeah. Gerard Way knows. However you understand. That guy, he knows. Someone who yeah. knows, he must know. Yeah, but we don't. Anyway... <laughs> Not us. Not us. We'll look. We'll let's just be thankful that we have issue twelve. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's good to have it in our hands. But this week in Doom Patrol history, now Paul, do you want to play a guessing game of this one again, like we did that other time? Uh, I'd love to. Yes, you'd love thank to. You. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I'm so good at this. You're so good at this. Um, okay. Oh, this is how am I going to do? Um. All right. Let's say um. A horror writer contributed to the script. A horror writer? Uh, was it uh, Stephen King? No. Oh. No. Um, Thea Jost, <gasps> his legacy makes an appearance in this. Is this this weird issue in Volume 5? <laughs> That could be any of 22 issues from Volume 5, but you, no, you, have, you have the right volume. Yeah, there's a guest writer in Volume 5 whose name I can't remember, but they do uh, one about, um, oh, that that family, oh, creepy family, is that? Is oh, that you are so close. Okay, oh. the, the storyline you're talking about is the aristocrat, aristocrats. This yep. is a story that appears right before it. Uh, so, oh, you did so well, though. <laughs> so, going on sale for two ninety nine on November 3rd of 2010, with the cover date of January 2011, was issue 16 of Doom Patrol Volume 5 from Brian Keane, is the writer. Ooh, uh, okay. Uh, with uh, additional writing and art by Keith Giffen, uh, and also Al Milgram, Patrick Brousseau, Guy Major, and Elizabeth V. Gerline. Uh, contributed to this issue, this, which was called Gazing into the Abyss, and it saw the return of Ted Bruder, the negative man of Thea Joss Doom Patrol from Volume 3. Yay! However, I remember that one. Yes. However, all was not well with Ted, as his powers of future sight had gone haywire, leading to the appearance of dangerous alternate universe versions of Robot Man, Negative Man, and Elastigirl. So, oh, and then the aristocrats is like the very next storyline. Oh, look, I tip my hat, sir. You did really well. Ah, so well close. done. So close. Well done, Paul. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, yes, uh, this was a great sort of one and done story, this one. Uh, but we haven't covered any of Volume 5 yet. So uh, we have not. We have not. So, however, next year we will be getting to Volume 5, which in, in what will be Year 5 of Waiting for Doom. So that's a nice bit of symmetry. Not. Yes, there'll be non-stop Volume 5 next yeah, year. Yeah, pretty much. Bra- except for breaks for other things. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, yes. Anyway, yeah, that is it for the Doom Clock this week. Hello, everyone. I'm Al Sedano, host of Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. Over the last few years, this show has covered Adam's life, from his early appearances in Fantastic Four and Thor, to his run as Space Jesus on Counter-Earth. Now, 
we have made it midway through the 1970s and Jim Starlin's iconic run on the character. The Magus, Gamora, Pip the Troll, and Adam finally meeting Thanos. Speaking of Thanos, we haven't forgotten about him. We will soon be starting our coverage of Starlin's hardcover graphic novel, The Infinity Relativity, starring Thanos. So join me, along with my regular co-hosts, John Wilson and Brian Zeno, as well as others, on Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com the show where we do explain the de- doomy things that need explaining so <laughs> we have two issues of doom patrol goodness this week so it's very exciting so the first one that we're going to cover and mike's going to take us through it is doom patrol volume 6 issue 12 the newest issue of the doom patrol and then after that i'm going to talk about scooby-doo team up number 43 which also has the doom patrol and scooby-doo hooray Hence the name that includes Team Up in the name. So, yeah. I love this episode already. It's fantastic, isn't it, Mike? It's our best one yet. It is. Double Doom. Yes. Okay, so, Doom Patrol Volume 6, Issue 12, titled To Tame a Land into the Demonscape. Brought to you by Dungeon Masters Gerard Way, Nick Darrington, Jeremy Lambert. Dan McDade, the Barbarian, Tamara Bond, Villain, the Druid, Todd Klein, the Cleric, Molly Mayhan, the Sorcerer, Mark Doyle, the Fighter, and yeah, you can tell there's a bit of a theme going on here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now, the the, the normal cover for this uh, is a fantastic piece by Nick Darrington that looks like an old um, role-playing game adventure module cover. It's just, it's awesome. It looks so cool with uh, the Reynolds family sort of standing off, ready to fight this demon thing. And then the variant cover is by Dan McDade, who does the art in this issue, and that's just as gorgeous. It's so cool. This I, I'm going to say from the get-go, I love McDade's contribution to this series. Mm, um, yeah. he, he's done a fantastic job. Um, and should... Uh, well, hopefully, you know, obviously I want Volume 6 to continue on. I'd be very happy with Dan McDade stepping into the role full-time, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he's done a fantastic job. Yeah. But, yes. And Jer- Jeremy Lambert co-writing this one, so... Yeah, yes. now, look, I have no idea who Jeremy Lambert is, Paul. Neither do I, but he's the co-writer of Doom Patrol number 12, according to his Twitter, and um, he's the writer of Goosebumps. So. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so I presume that's... Maybe comics or books? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, and he's a producer at Breakwater Studios. So right. Near the beach, I presume. Let's hope um, so. <laughs> Unless it's ironic and, you know, they're in some very cold place. Yeah. Anyway, well, we might um, shout out to him on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for joining the Jim Patrol family, Jeremy. Yes. Welcome. Well done. Okay. Now, we need to do a bit of a recap before we get into this issue because... The Reynolds family is a bit of a mess. Um, So when we last saw the Reynolds family, uh, EMT Sam had become friends with the Doom Patrol thanks to his ambulance partner, Casey Brink. 
and the patrol ended up bringing down the brainwashed cult of Crazy Jane's alternate personality, Dr. Harrison. Uh, and when they did that, they ended up saving Valerie, uh, his sort of estranged ex-wife, uh, which allowed the Reynolds family to reunite. But this was short-lived as their moody teenage son, Lucius, discovered his own magical powers and ended up joining Mr. Nobody's new brotherhood of Nada before coming to his senses and changing sides and reuniting with his parents. Um, and anyway, in the mid- middle of issue 10, a weird demon squirrel thing showed up and teleported them all away to the demonscape. Wow. Did everyone get all of that? There will be it's questions. Been a while. <laughs> there will be questions at the end. So, <laughs> hope you're paying attention. Anyway, so issue 12 opens uh, with a strange robed figure wearing a fierce-looking mask welcoming us to the land of Una Calm, a world of both peace and conflict, never-ending, ever-shifting, pressing forward for eternity, a reflection of both the darkness and light inside all of us, but also those grey feelings in between, for without conflict to quiet, we become less than human. And speaking of humans, oh look, it's a Reynolds family. Sam, Valerie and Lucius come tumbling through a portal created by the winged demon squirrel thingy after teleporting them away in the middle of the fight with the Brotherhood of Nada as seen in issue 10, which we covered all the way back in January of 2018 in episode 116. That was our first episode of this year, Paul. Wow. And now we're (laughs) towards tail end and we're only getting caught up now. Yeah, I was in my 40s back then. (laughs) Ah, oh, those were the days, hey? Hey. Hey. So Squirrel Thingy welcomes the family to the Demonscape, and in the distance stands the lair of Margoth the Unliving, the distance being a way for Lucius to, to develop his powers as they journey towards their confrontation with the Demon Lord. Ah, fantasy tropes, you're starting already. <laughs> so they start their journey heading into the dreaded forest of sorrowful webs, where they discover a pair of blue-skinned dwarves struck down by arrows. When the Reynolds try to help, they learn too late that it's a trap, and they're set upon by vicious goblins. Thankfully, these are taken care of quickly, as Lucius recalls song lyrics from one of his heavy metal albums, which turns uh, out to be a fireball spell in this dimension. While a quick flashback, oh, flashbacks, uh, shows <laughs> us that Valerie actually learnt archery whilst at summer camp. So the defeated goblins run off, and more of the blue dwarves arrive, praising the Reynolds' legacy. They welcome the family into their village, and encourage them to restore order to the land by defeating Margoth. And to help them in this quest, they bestow upon them the arms of the ever-chosen, these being the Bow of the Wandering Fury for Valerie, the Staff of Arcane Power for Lucius, and the Shield of Forgiving Might for Sam. So now that they're better armed, the Reynolds continue on their quest, entering the Tombs of the Shattered Keep, where they face all manner of obstacle, arrow traps, undead warriors, walls to scale, the slugmen of Sarnikza, <laughs> and a giant cyclops with a ruby eye, which the, the latter two getting the better of them. Uh, Sam's reluctance to use his karate sees them locked in a cage because of this. <laughs> He apologises to Valerie and Lucius, saying that he's a healer now, and he swore to give up on violence a long time ago. As Lucius then apologises for bringing them to the demonscape in the first place, Valerie shuts them both up with the truth that the hardships and sacrifices they experience are how they grow and thrive, and how they learn to use their individual talents. A quick family hug later, and an admission from Lucius that he used to pick their closet lock to play with Sam's nunchucks a lot, and they're all free again. Escaping the cavern, they make a hasty exit upon a raging battlefield as Margoth's forces continue their killing spree. 
Lucius has an idea and has his parents build earthen golems, which he magically brings to life. And so now Margoth's army is under attack themselves, and the Reynolds continue on towards Margoth's lair, aided by Lucius' suddenly developed flying ability. And stumbling through the maze-like corridor, they finally locate the door to the Demon Lord's lair, thanks once again to some lyrics that Lucius has recalled. The family now stand facing Margoth, who says to them, So the Reynoldses have returned to reclaim the thorned throne of the Demonscape. Fools, you will die before I lift a finger. He hurls a fireball at them, which Sam intercepts to protect his wife and son. Lucius then grabs an arrow from his mum and uses his staff of arcane power to power it up, before getting Val to shoot it straight into Margoth's chest, and Margoth just laughs at them. <laughs> Your foolish weapons cannot penetrate the bones of Karanur. Oh no, I didn't know he had the bones of Karanur, Paul, did you? No, <laughs> no. I had no idea. What a twist. <laughs> but a voice breaks the demon's laughter. Hey, get the hell away from my family, roars Sam, as he flies through the air and kicks the arrow even deeper into the beast's chest before grabbing Margoth's sword and beheading him with it. Hooray! Karate kicks. Yes. Oh, it's a massive karate kick. You know, he, he had the karate come out just in time. He goes, <laughs> He does. Just, this is like real karate. Yep, yep. It's like I'm, it's like I'm there. Yep. yep. <laughs> Just as Lucius yells, Badass, Dad! Another voice gets their attention. I'm proud of you all. It takes a lot of courage to trust each other and even more courage to trust yourself. We then see the narrator from the start of the story appear and they remove their mask to reveal that they are... (gasps) Grandma Reynolds! What? She explains to the family that they have a special connection to this land of Unakalm, and every other generation bears a power and responsibility to this world. But first, she encourages them to help their friends, the Doom Patrol, as the Milk Wars are about to begin. And so she opens a portal directly to the team. And it's at this point that you can now go and read issue 11 of volume 6 to see the Reynolds family reappear before the patrol. We're just going to wait. (laughs) all good okay cheers right later the family teleport back and grandma reynolds prepares them for their true journey further into the demonscape oh and that's it's it's okay but i I would love to know your thoughts on this one well uh this is a uh classic side quest for the main book really (laughs) isn't it it is that's a that's a brilliant way to to clarify (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, this is a love letter to Dun- Dungeons and Dragons. It's, oh yeah, um, yeah. It literally run like a D and D game. You know, everyone gets explained everything at the start. They all get their roles. They all get their gear. Um, you know, there's traps to avoid, and you know, they all have to work together to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's it moves like the clappers. It's uh, done with a lot of enthusiasm and energy, and the art is uh, sumptuous. It's just yeah. wonderful. Um, and yeah, I mean, in a way, this is, this is like whatever happened to the Reynolds family. Like they went away and, you know, they came back to help with Milk Wars and they went back again. Yeah. And they're going to be adventurers in this place. And, you know, they can be, you know, brought back by somebody one day whenever they need them or they could stay in this, in the demonscape fighting the good fight Mm -hmm. as a, as a a band of adventurers. Yeah. So, yeah, with grandma. (laughs) (laughs) And, the flying dead squirrel demon. Yeah, so. I, it's not revealed till much towards the end of the comic that uh, squirrel demon thing has a name, uh, it, which is Agantha. 
uh, Agantha. Yeah, I think that came up when uh, uh, Lucius was doing his um, spell back in his room. Ah, okay. Yeah, but it has been a while. It has. And um, one of the things that this book does in particular, it, it is the facilitator of the release of the volume to Doom Patrol trade. Ooh. So finally we will get the second trade because this is the last issue in that trade. So just in time for Christmas, I believe the trade will be out. Nice. So. Yeah, so you trade waiters, you can read that then. And uh, I just want to say, uh, belatedly, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, think... On the one hand, I'm disappointed that the patrol only appear in one panel. But on the other hand, this is great fun. This, or like, yeah. this even has a map you can cut out and little figures you can cut out and bend the stand and, and you know, bend the edges of them and have them stand on the map. Uh, and it has uh, even, you know, uh, the um, characteristics and the, the values if you want to play Sam as a character, you know. <laughs> He, he has uh, strength of 300, dexterity 100, you know, all that sort of thing, um, which is great to see. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's, 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 yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's kind of, I didn't expect the entire issue to be all about the Reynolds family. I was hoping for maybe a bit more patrol, because as you said, it's been a while. But still, th- this this was lots of fun. And yeah, uh, the story's fun. The art is great. A- as I said, I would be more than happy for Dan McDay to fill in if if Nick Darrington has well and truly moved on from the patrol. I will still miss Nick Nick's work, but I think Dan did a great job in this. He really did. Yeah, no, and looking at these uh, hero cards at the back, I, uh, I started to think, what would my stats be? And then I got depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, maybe if we're very lucky, uh, a creative fan or two might um, no. take the God initiative no. and, you know, <laughs> they can be the next set of Waiting for Doom postcards. Oh, golly. <laughs> that would be the worst. <laughs> I don't know. That, that'd be hilarious. That'd be kind of funny. Look, there, look I, there's a photo of you and I together at a comic convention. Maybe we can be like, you know... Uh, a, a team card or, or team up card or something. I don't know. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I'm worried about uh, strength, uh, intelligence, charisma, and uh, constitution. Oh, oh, your charisma would be off the charts, sir. Oh, and no and your wisdom. Look, <sighs> ma- maybe you're more like the you know the the old knowledgeable wizard or druid type. You know. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. I you know. Okay, Flanger. Let's see what what people can come up with for Flanger. <laughs> Flanger the wise. Flanger the wise. <laughs> Flanger the smart ass. <laughs> Flanger the wise, smart ass. There we go. You know, and Garv's. Uh, oh yeah, now I'm getting depressed. Anyway, <laughs> yes. Yeah, speaking of team ups, how about we move on and have a look at Scooby Doo team up, sir. Yeah, now this is exciting. This came out uh, this week in comic form, or la- I mean last week in comic form, um, but it came out digitally just before that as well. So we were able to, to read it in two parts digitally. So, And this one, it's called Doomed, and it has uh, the Doom Patrol meeting Scooby-Doo, or Scooby-Doo and the team meeting Doom Patrol, depending on your point of view. Uh, it's written by Sholly Fish. Uh, artist is Dario Bruzella. Colorist is Franco Risco. Uh, lettered by Seda Temafonte. That's fun to say. And the cover art is by Dario and Franco Risco. Oh, Franco. That's not Franco. <laughs> Franco. 
Yeah, and it's all edited by uh, Christy Quinn. And this one is a blast, so let's get into it. So, the Scooby gang are cruising in the mystery machine, uh, content after successfully resolving the case of the high-rise horror, when they inadvertently cruise onto a gaily decorated street, festooned with bright awnings, welcoming signs, bunting and garlands. A banner greets them with Bona Tavada, and so, then suddenly they find themselves no longer on a street, but inside a building. What? <laughs> but more disturbing than their sudden special state of unexpectedly being inside is the rampaging tentacled monster and the weirdo heroes in battle with it. So uh, they see Robot Man, a.k.a. Cliff Steele, and he calls for the bandage-wrapped Larry Trainer, a.k.a. Negative Man, to help him. And Negative Man unleashes the negative energy, and that zooms around at the monster. And a red-haired woman in a red-and-white mini-dress watches the battle, and Fred of the Scooby Gang offers to protect her. And she ignores him, growing embiggened and shoving the monster backwards. Oh, Fred. Uh, <laughs> Daphne of the Scooby Gang says it's like some bizarre sideshow when an old bearded man in a wheelchair approaches. Jinkies, says Velma, as she recognises acclaimed scientific genius Niles Calder, a.k.a. the Chief, and she deduces that the team must have driven into the headquarters of the Doom Patrol. (gasps) I'm so scared. I wish I had a ham sandwich to calm my nerves. Anyway, Niles introduces them to Danny the Sentient Street, who provides the team's base and acts as global transportation by squeezing into cities around the globe at will. And all the while, the team continue battling this monster, with Negative Man wrapping himself around the monster. As Cliff prepares to deliver the knockout punch, the monster suddenly vanishes. Larry complains that this is the third time a monster has attacked and vanished. Uh, Larry, Cliff and Rita, uh, a.k.a. Elastigirl, make introductions with Daphne... Shaggy, Scooby, Fred and Velma and Rita mentions her adopted son Beast Boy met the teens previously. So Cliff asks what these meddling kids could offer in terms of mystery solving (laughs) when they are interrupted by the obese alien despot Gargoax who menacingly points a space gun at them. Uh, Negative Man and Cliff Steele rush to knock Gargoax down before he can shoot but then he fades to nothing and they slam into the wall behind him. The two teams discuss this disappearance, and Niles announces that he's summoned a reserve member who can probably help. Fred wonders why it's always a single foe appearing and fading, when suddenly both teams turn to see the four-strong team of Miss Monsieur Mallard, Madame Rouge, Mr. Morden, and the Brain, who are the Brotherhood of Evil. (gasps) And that ends part one of the story, which came out digitally, but if you buy the comic, it's just the next page, straight onto it. So let's. Uh, so what do you think of it so far? It's so much fun, and it has Gargoyax. <laughs> it just shows that the Scooby Gang, Scooby Doo, and Shaggy, and all them—they can just fit straight into the DC universe without any problem. You know, yeah. you know, the Silver Age DC universe could have had them in it easily. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This this is so much fun. It reminds me of uh, Volume One by Arnold Drake and Bruno Premiani. Just the, the wacky silliness of it, but it's still. A cool read. It's it's so enjoyable. Come on. Yeah, and the art looks really like um, clean animation style. Yes. Like it, it, it's like screenshots from a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's perfect. Uh, and, you know, we're getting the classic Doom Patrol, um, you know, but, you know, they're acknowledging their continuity, like the fact that Beast Boy uh, is their adopted son of uh, Rita. Um, there's no Mento in it, so yay for that for Hooray, you. Hooray, yes. <laughs> But it's also got Danny the Street, you know, who came later in the yes. history. So, you know, another nice touch there. Yeah, yeah very good. 
Anyway, so moving on to part two, uh, Velma wonders why Mala is out of jail because they just caught him last week in the previous uh, issue of Scooby Doo Team Up, which I read, which was really fun. Cool. It had all these, had all these apes, uh, villainous apes. Oh, I remember seeing the cover up for that. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm with you now. And that's a good one. And it's got Detective Chimp as part of the solution, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> anyway, Shaggy and Scooby flee in terror, but the elastic villainous Madame Ruse reaches out and grabs them both. Uh, Rita grows huge to defend the pair, and Robot, Robot Man delivers a huge blow to Madame. Uh, to Monsieur Mala, which causes all four villains to mysteriously lurch backwards. Ooh. Negative Man and Rita catch Shaggy and Scooby-Doo as they drop out of Madame Rouge's hands as she vanishes, along with the rest of the villains. Hmm. Cliff notices another team member has arrived, Crazy Jane, who suddenly turns into the monstrously clawed form of a Black Annis and cautions them about making her angry. Uh, Niles explains to the Scooby gang about her multiple personalities and the powers to match, and Niles tells everyone that she wasn't the reserve member that he summoned. Cool. She too suddenly vanishes, and Cliff questions her sudden appearance and disappearance, but is confused by her display of power. Velma points out that the only powers on display are shape-changing. Maybe all the villains and heroes are the one person changing shape. Uh, Daphne asks how the Brotherhood of Evil fits in with this theory, but Niles points out that when, he, when they saw them, they all reacted as one when Cliff punched Mella. The team has only one villain who can change shape at will and even v- appear to vanish when he changes into gas, and Niles concludes that it must be Animal Vegetable Mineral Man. <gasps> speak his name and he appears animal vegetable mineral man explains how he was always beaten by the doom patrol because they cancelled out his powers but by hiding his identity that was no longer the way for the team to beat him Uh. jag and scooby once again hot-footed out of there but a rocky gravel hand blocks their way cliff picks up animal vegetable mineral man by the butt (laughs) but he (laughs) yes but the villain turns into acid rain uh, Negative Man zooms in at the Chief's instruction and uses electrolysis to neutralize the acid and presumably remove some hair. Uh, but Animal Ventral Mineral Man suddenly turns his hand into glass-like cages and traps both teams within. Cliff can't break the walls, Rita can't sh- shrink her way out, and everyone is stuck. Animal Vegetal Mineral Man next turns his wrist into giant weights and tells the Doom Patrol to choose which team gets crushed, them or the Scooby-Doo gang. Without a moment's hesitation, the Doom Patrol joins hands and tells Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, fire away. But no one is getting crushed today, a voice announces. Both teams turn to see the leopard-trunked bodybuilding hero Flex Mentallo. (laughs) Animal Vegetable Mineral Man is unimpressed, but Flex flexes and his hero halo appears above him. Hero of the beach. And the hypnotic flexing power of his muscle mystery disables Animal Vegetable Mineral Man and he reverts to his human form. The two teams relax after their victory, and Niles shares his chocolate bars. Daphne tells the patrol how grateful she is that the team was willing to sacrifice themselves to save her and her friends. Velma admires Flex, Flex's muscles, till she notices Animal Vegetal Mineral Man wasn't the only one hypnotized by muscle mystery. She asks Flex if he'd mind freeing Shaggy and Scooby from his mesmerism. The end. What a bloody beauty, eh? This was... Such an awesome read. This was so much fun. After some not-so-much-fun issues we've had to read recently, 
this was just a ray of sunshine. Yeah, this- I mean, Sholly found a way to squeeze in so many heroes and villains and, uh, you know, pay tribute to the history of the team and, yep. you know, have it all make sense. Like, all these villains are showing up, but really it's just um, animal vegetable vegetable mineral man uh changing into these shapes which is why mr morden is there when actually he in real life he became uh mr nobody exactly so, yeah so presumably uh avm man remembers mr morden from earlier adventures with the uh brotherhood of evil mm-hmm. so. yeah yeah and it was actually an interesting use of avm man's powers you know yeah it's something different which i really i, I thought was quite clever in a book yeah. that I didn't expect a lot of cleverness from, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, and, and he resumed his uh, shape, the traditional one of, you know, bit dinosaur, bit tree, bit uh, yeah. sort of di- diamond hand. And um, so as he appeared on his first appearance on the cover, uh, yeah. para- paramecium. Param- <laughs> <laughs> God, that's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, like even small touches like Niles and his chocolate. Uh, and uh, Flex saying to Velma, you know, you should have seen my muscles the time I turned the Pentagon into a circle, you know? Yeah. Just, just really nice little touches of patrol history like that. It was so well done. It really was. I, I will admit, I wasn't expecting a lot from this, but this is probably one of my favourite Doom Patrol stories of all time. It's so yeah. much fun. Yeah, it, it, it really does remind me of... Uh, the Volume 1 Drake and Premiani stuff, where they would just have completely wacky, silly adventures, and that it'd all kind of get wrapped up in, in the one issue. Um, it was... Oh, I, I hate to repeat myself, but it's so much fun. It's, you know, if, if Patrol fans haven't read this, I really recommend they check it out for a, for a, a, a great read. Yeah, I'm going to have to hunt down a hard copy of this one. It, it really is the perfect Doom Patrol sampler. If you wanted to... If no one... If someone didn't know the first thing about the Doom Patrol, this would be a fantastic thing to give them and say, this yes. is the Doom Patrol, you know, and you're getting a little hint of the weirdness and you're getting a lot of the fun and, yeah. you know, why we love the team. I, I, I really hope that there are, um, you know, newer comic readers or, you know, younger comic readers that pick up this issue and become as fascinated by the Patrol as you and I are. Um, because yeah, it's it's such a great introduction to the team. It really is. It's it, you know like everyone knows Scooby Doo and the gang, and you know I think the characterizations for both teams were spot on. Um, so yeah, I really hope this story inspires people to seek out more of the rich history of the Doom Patrol. Yeah, and it had that uh, Volume 1 dynamic of the Doom Patrol with uh, Larry and Cliff always fighting with each other and bickering yes. during battles, but still getting the job done at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a, a nice little tribute to the Doom Patrol sacrifice at the end of Volume 1. Oh, that was so good. That. And, and Flex turning up. It was... It, <laughs> this is this is a great Doom Patrol story. It really, compared to certain other issues we have read lately... This is this is much more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, I think that might be it for Doomsplaining this time. I think so, and it ends on a happy note for once. You know? Yeah, Hooray. fist bump. Fist <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey everybody, are you looking for a podcast that brings you the best in Celtic punk, Celtic rock and folk punk from all over the world? Well then my name's Gareth Oliver and I've got a great podcast for you. It's called the Celtic Punk Cast. It's available to subscribe on iTunes and Podbean and also available to download anywhere good podcasts are found. It comes out every month, brings you an hour or so of the absolute finest in Celtic punk music from right across every corner of the globe. So bring your kilt, bring your scally cap, grab your pipes and your tin whistle, because the crack's always mighty, and everybody's welcome to the hoolie. This is the Celtic Punk Cast, with me, Gareth Olver, available on iTunes and Podbean, and anywhere good podcasts are found. And you can also listen to a weekly version of the Celtic Punk Cast on bluesandroadsradio.com on the BRR Essential Channel every weekend. So join me, Gareth Olver, for a bloody good crack every month on the Celtic Punk Cast on iTunes and Podbean. And now it's time for the question of the week, where we read your responses to our question of the week. Uh, and this week, that question is, who's a hero you're completely sick of? And first off, we heard from Ange at Dr. Ange 70 on the Twitters, and he said, if the question is who is overexposed, Batman. Batman is everywhere. Maybe he isn't just one man. Maybe it's a fleet of robots. If the question is, regardless of exposure, who are you sick of seeing? Booster Gold. What is his appeal? I know, everyone hates me now. <laughs> Poor age. Oh, dear. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like Booster Gold, but I haven't liked his recent portrayals. So. I've never, I've never <laughs> read Booster Gold. I read Batman. Well, I read Detective Comics, but, you know. I don't hate you anymore. Yes. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Sean Ross at Sean42AZ, and he's representing the Nerdy Dads podcast. So, yep. yeah, that's a good podcast. Uh, he said, uh, Wolverine, in brackets, Logan, Marvel was right to kill him and give the audience a break. Uh, plus, the Laura Wolverine book by Tom Taylor was awesome. I concur with that. But they brought him back about two years too early. Mm, yeah. He never really went away. No. I mean, there's sort of old man Logan wandering around and there's flashbacks yeah. and blah, 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 blah. Flashbacks. So, uh. <laughs> we then heard from Chris Sheehan at Ace Comics who said Deadpool and Harley Quinn, if you consider them heroes, that is. Yeah, I guess some people do, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite sick of them, but I'm not really reading them at the moment, so that gives me a yeah, little break. Same, same. Yeah. Uh, Coffee and Comics uh, disagreed. He said Deadpool and Harley Quinn can just bugger off for a bit. No, he agreed. <laughs> also, I'd like DC to tone, tone down the Batman oversaturation. Uh, not going to happen. Mm. Uh, Infinite Amounts of Spider-Man is kind of played out. Agreed. Uh, not not going to happen yeah, either. Yeah, not, <laughs> yeah. not at all. Uh, Jay Powers at Bear 24 said, uh, though I enjoy him to a point, I'd have to say Batman. Oh, wow. Okay, so everyone's sick of Joker as a villain, and now people are saying <laughs> sick of Batman. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. And Jay, your postcard is on the way. Jay left us an iTunes review, and he is getting a Doom Patrol Waiting for Doom postcard. Hooray! Thanks, Jay. Hooray. Uh, we heard from Andy Mackin at Andy Indicay, and he said, Batman, it is like DC believes that it would be impossible to sell a comic without him in it. Also, he needs to lighten up a bit. <laughs> That's what Robin's there for. <laughs> Come on. Uh, 
Martin Gray, who uh, during the month of, during Halloween on Twitter is going by the name of Martin Gravestone, ooh, uh, at Mark Gray on the Twitter, said, uh, Wolverine, actually, he's not a hero, he's a mad slasher. He should be caged. No, that's, I read that as mad flasher for a minute, and that was something <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah, no, wrong. Yeah, that's your different type of material that you read. Anyway, as you were. Uh, next, we heard from Mike Peek. Peacock at Justice First Dawn at Classic JLA on the Twitter, and he said, Bruce Wayne, Sapace. It's French. I think it means Bruce Wayne. It is. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so another vote for Bruce slash Bats. Right. Okay. Oh, that's right. He's Batman. Forgot. Yes. Yes. Okay. This is like the flip side of the Joker from last time. Yeah. 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 Uh, Anthony Kuchar at Cerebus92 said, I'm tired of seeing New 52 John Constantine always appearing in other people's books. Oh. Yeah, he is a bit um, ubiquitous at the moment. A B- bit of gestaritis, yeah. Ubiquitous, sorry. Um, we heard from Scott X at The Mind of Scott X on Twitter, and he said, uh, Deadpool, Harley Quinn, and although I do like the character, Batman is definitely overexposed. <sighs> God. That's like the uh, the trinity of our exposed characters right there. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Mr. Pumpkins at Holodill. Hey, Dylan. Uh, he said Hal Jordan and Deadpool. Oh. Bit of Green Lantern in the mix. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Brown at Chazigo on Twitter said uh, Batman. Oh, come on, Jeffrey. Really? Yeah. Uh, at Craig R. McD. Oh, known as Canadian Geek on Twitter, said Batman, Hal Jordan, and Barry Allen. Wow. I must admit I'm getting a little bit over Barry Allen, but I I miss the Wally West days because I'm an old fart. (laughs) Okay. Right. Uh, We heard from Keith G. Baker at KG Bunk, and he said Batman all day long. (laughs) Another one for Batman. Uh, Gwendolyn Ann Smith chimed in with, uh, name starts with a B and ends with Atman. Um, right. Oh, Batman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Another one. Wow. Batman. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Uh, we heard from uh, Kajel Arstrong, Arstrong at a uh, fractal nerve. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really wrecking your name. I don't know what it is. Um, but he said, or they said, na 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 na. Picture of a bat and picture of a man. <laughs> Sorry, there are emojis in there, so... Yeah, yeah. so uh, another another vote for Batman, right. Ah, Batman, uh, yes. Uh, Jason Munier, at JM underscore Munier on Twitter, gave us a whole bunch. Yeah, Jason yeah. said, uh, Venom, Deadpool, Gwenpool, and I'm just being honest, Squirrel Girl. So, yeah, I'm deeply flawed. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Bit yeah. of uh, Mar- Marvel hate right there. Yeah. Fair uh, now, someone whose name is all pictures and flags and things like that, I, uh, and I, brackets and let's just I've got go. No idea. Let's just go with their their actual handle, which is at ch zero, then a very long underscore. Uh, they replied, "Spider Man." So, possibly uh, Spider Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to go with Spider Man there. Yeah. Th- thanks, chose zero long underscore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we then heard from Big Tim Styles at Big Tim Styles. And Tim said, Hero, I'm most bored of 1000% Deadpool. 
Captain America would never accept an unrepentant psychopath into the Avengers. That was the last straw for me. Then we have a Deadpool lady, Deadpool kid, Deadpool dog, Deadpool spider girl. Enough already. The movie's rock, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> right, okay. Thanks, Tim. Uh, over on the, the, the Facebooks, I believe, we had Jared Driscoll. He said, uh, Batman, I know he's DC's best-selling hero, but I don't need 50 Batman or Batman-related books a month. Don't that's, you? That's true. You only need Detective Comics. It's the best one. <laughs> it's the only one that matters. It's it's going to hit a thousand issues next year, so you know it's the best one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Andrew Watton Davies said, "Superman, yes, first superhero." Blah 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 blah. He's dull as mud and just won't bugger off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, 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 Andrew. Mm. Mm. And I'm so disappointed in you, Andrew. Oh well, uh, just you wait. I hold my beer. Oh, oh no! And that's all we've got time for. <laughs> no, we've we've got Dean Jones, and he said, uh, "Batman, I like Batman, but there's too much, too much Batman." Right. Okay. Uh, Edwin Latour chimed in with Logan Wolverine. Laura can stay. She's aces. Logan, he's just so oversaturated in exposure. How many versions of him, clones, and children of him are there in the world to remind you that Logan is the most important character in Marvel? Enough, I say. Let him go and let it be Laura and Gabby for a little while longer. They're more interesting anyway. I love Laura and Gabby. Love it. Mm. Uh, Andrew Watton Davies came back to, uh, oh, spread the, spread the love. And he said, can I also nominate Gerard Way? He's in TV, musics, comics, damn well everywhere other than writing Doom Patrol. Grrr, <laughs> chomp noises. Um, <laughs> wow, that's harsh. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's a little bit, but, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, we then also got an email from Ange uh, about uh, our last episode covering, uh, the burn issues and uh and writes i've been listening to these burn episodes with a bit of amusement two burn episodes ago you guys were all anger the mm-hmm episode last burn episode you guys were all crestfallen the disappointed parent episode i'm not angry with you john burn i'm disappointed this latest episode was the make a brief appearance at a party so no one can say you blew them off but leave as soon as you can the let's skip the next five pages episode Burn has defeated you two. When you have drained every emotion for a property from its biggest fans, you need to leave the book or have it cancelled. That takes some tremendous suckage to achieve. Congratulations, John Byrne. <laughs> fair points all. I cannot disagree with any of that. Uh, harsh but, but fair, harsh but fair. Yeah, yeah, the light is visible at the end of the burn tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, one to go. One yeah, one to go. go. Hey. Uh, okay, Paul, so um, who's a hero that you're completely sick of? Can I be completely honest? I don't think I'm sick of any hero. I okay. would read anyone if the creative team appealed to me or, you know, like, uh, for instance, Nick Darrington is drawing Batman at the moment uh, for Walmart comics, which I'm not going to get because get we don't have Walmarts, but eventually there will be a collection of that, and I'm very looking forward to reading it. Even though it has Batman, I think Batman is in too many comics. Um, still not enough to make me stop reading him or anyone else. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, it all depends on uh, who does the character and what. So, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a bit sick of the Titans, really. But uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd still read them if someone, you know, I really liked wrote them. But, okay. 
Yeah, what about you? Oh, no, no one? Okay, let's go to the end then. My answer would have to echo oh, no. uh, well, uh, Andrew. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, yes, I'm a little bit sick and tired of Superman. He's just, he's like... He's Mike, just, Mike, Mike, Mike. He's just, yeah, look. What he, are you reading to do with Superman anyway? You're not reading any Superman comics. I don't know how you're sick of him. Um, well, that's why I'm not reading any Superman comics, because I am sick of him. So he's just, he's everywhere. All these people saying, oh, Batman's everywhere. It's like, Superman turns up everywhere. You know? He's like, yes, he's, yes, he's the first big hero, but like, really, come on. It's, you know, it's like nothing can stop him. You know, um, he's the, the, the perfect guy. He's, you know, he, he can hold down a job and be a superhero at the same time. Like, come on, really? Yeah, I just, he just, he's, I just, don't like him. He's just dull. He's just he's he's the big blue boy scout. Oh, Mike, you know? Mike. And get, yeah, get, could you get back in your conditioning tube? We need to work on you. <laughs> now, Batman. Let me tell you all about Batman. How awesome he is. Uh, <laughs> so uh, no, I, I, I the only Bat comic I read is Detective. I will pick up the occasional special thing like. Batman Eternal or Batman Robin Eternal. I was reading Batman Robin back in the new 52-ish era uh, and the Grant Morrison run before that. But, you know, I, I just prefer... it. Look, it's because I'm a dark and complex guy myself. That's why I gravitate towards Batman. Mm, interesting monologue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now that Bendis is writing Batman, well, that's just a double turn-off. Uh, you know, Bendis hasn't been good since Powers, and even that went to shit eventually. All right, that's all we've got time for on the show. <laughs> so if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, you can uh, <laughs> send us. Uh, well, actually, I'll do that. We have a uh, next question of the week, which is what fictional something or other scared you as a kid? Was, oh. it, was it Mike's attitude to Superman? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, you can get in touch with us by sending us messages on Twitter at WFDPod. You can send emails to us at waitingfordoom at gmail.com. And there's the Waiting for Doom Facebook page, of course. And check out mygreatestadventure80.blogspot.com for all the Doom Patrol stuff that's there from Doug, our Doom bro. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, we'll be back later in the week with the review of the Titans Doom Patrol episode coming up from our special correspondent friend person. So. Hey. Yeah, so um, thanks for being here, Paul. You did a great job. <laughs> and that's all we've got time for. <laughs> Batman rules. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Waiting for that. The family now stand facing Margoth, who says to them, So the Reynoldses have returned to reclaim the throne. Thro- oh, I'll start that bit again. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I literally finished writing this an hour ago. So.
It's pronounced the, the thorned throne. The the thorn. The, <laughs> Somehow I've typed the horned throne. That's not right either. <clears throat> anyway, three, two, one. How do you pronounce that French in the next one? Is it Cespa? Cespa? I think. Maybe. Uh, if you want, I can check uh, Google Translate and that will say it out loud. Okay, that'd be great. Hang on. Um, I'm keeping this bit in. This is comedy gold. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Paul learns French live on the show. Translate. Um, I have to. We. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing so much. Because it's so stupid. And it, <laughs> Jesus. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I 